Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. I'm so excited. I want to give a shout out. I'm going to do something new. I usually do this at the end of the show, but let's do it at the top of the show. I want to do a shout out because I know those iTunes reviews can be tricky to go in and log into, and I know that's a story that I'm holding on to. But I appreciate the people that go because sometimes this relationship feels a little one-sided. I realize a lot of you have had this relationship with me for a long time. I've had clients come to me and say, Corinne, our relationship started way before I hired you. So one of the things that helps me is when you send emails, leave a review on iTunes or on social media, and you give me your thoughts and feelings because then I get to know you a bit. So I want to do a shout out to Leadership Delta. She left an iTunes review and she said, I've enjoyed this podcast for almost three years. Yippee skippy, three years. That's a lot of listening. I love the stories, the redirecting tools, and the casual nature of her demeanor and mostly Corinne's laughter. Her tools are practical and teachable, and this is my favorite podcast. Thank you and congratulations on 12 years. Thank you so much, Leadership Delta. You know, it's funny. That's probably the biggest compliment that I've gotten is my laughter on the show. Through the 12 years, I've gotten lots of emails or iTunes reviews or mess, and mostly those are the way that people communicate to me. And um, that's something that they've said. And I didn't really realize at first when I was doing live radio that that's what I was doing. And, uh, but I just laugh and I just show up as me and, um, and I've come to really learn, like my laughter as part of it. It's just what I do. I used to, uh, I think back in the old days, if you listen to old shows from 12 years ago, I would try to dim that stuff. But one of the things is again, getting some feedback, it was like, oh, I can really embrace this. So today I'm going to be talking about deciding ahead of time. And last week I talked to you about the brain juice and the precious energy you have in your brain. And today I'm going to talk about why deciding ahead of time can affect your brain juice. So this is like a segue to last week. So here's the thing. We don't like to decide ahead of time, or I find my clients not like to decide ahead of time because they're afraid. What if they're making the wrong decision, right? And so they sit there and either in the swamplands of shame, or we sometimes talk about being in the hallway, not wanting going out into the arena to be great. And they sit there and they're like, oh, I just have to figure it out. I have to have it all figured out. And I'm always decide ahead of time, make a commitment, go out and do it, practice it, live it from a compassionate observer place where you're not judging. You're not, you're just allowing it all to be. Of course, there's going to be messes and there's going to be falling down moments and all of that. And then you go through that time period you need, and then you evaluate and draw a conclusion. And the beauty of this is that when you decide ahead of time, it reduces the brain juice. We need our brain juice. We need our energy. Think about it. Look around in your life. People are exhausted, right? They're so exhausted because there's all this energy. It could be as simple as I was applying for a credit card that I wanted and I kept thinking about it and letting it float in my head and not making a decision. More time wasn't making it better. 
more time was just seeping out. It was a low grade seep of brain juice. And finally, I just said, just do it because really I can always cancel. And, and I went ahead and I did it. So deciding ahead of time is a beautiful thing because it allows us to make a decision to reduce the brain juice. And it allows us also to, and this may trigger scarcity for some of you, reduce choices. And here's what I mean by that. So I've already made decisions ahead of time. I love coffee. Love it. I'm a coffee snob and I will pay a better ridiculous money on a cup of coffee. Yesterday I spent six dollars on a on a latte and it is a bit ridiculous, but I just know that and I will do that. I don't drink coffee from convenience stores or from gas stations. I don't drink coffee at Soul Meats. Just don't do it. I will either plan ahead and make sure that I have my own coffee, or I just wait and I don't drink it. And I I do not drink coffee from these places. And, um, and it's okay. Like I have a friend, he likes to drink coffee at Arco and he thinks it's really cool. He likes to talk, um, to the person working early in the morning at four 30 in the morning. I don't drink there. One time we were going someplace to swim meet and he's like, well, would you like to stop at Starbucks? And I said, oh no. Cause I knew he drinks convenience store coffee. And I was like, oh no, I packed my own coffee. I'm good. Right. So deciding ahead of time, it reduces another decision that you'd have to make. And we make so many decisions and it taxes our brain. So when we decide ahead of time, we can reduce the choices, which cause, which reduces the fatigue that we have. The other area is um, credit cards. I'm circling back to credit cards. And this is a decision I made a long time ago. um, And it partly was because of the financial turbulence I grew up with growing up as a kid. And my dad was pretty good about kind of implanting this in my brain is, no credit card debt, absolutely no credit card debt. So of course I was like a senior in college and I'd gone to Europe and I had about $400 um, of credit card debt. I think it's like $457 and I couldn't pay it. I didn't have enough money back then. It was a lot of money. And um, at the time I was with my husband, was my boyfriend and he's like, well, let me just loan you the money. And I said, no, because I didn't want a man bailing me out as I sit here wearing my well-behaved woman rarely make history t-shirt as I talk to you today. But I didn't want him bailing me out. So I actually subbed a lot of master swimming practices to eventually, and that was a lot of practices because I didn't get paid much back then, um, to get that paid off. And I got it paid off in a month. And I decided back then I was 21 years old, never again decide ahead of time, never again am I going to have credit card debt because I didn't like throwing away my money at 28% or whatever it was. Now, that right there, when I just make that decision, that reduced the number of decisions I've had to make over the last, what, 25 years. Because when I was young and I created this boundary, it helped me make a decision about what I would spend money on and what I wouldn't. So I could maybe want something, And, but the reality is if I didn't have the money in my checking account, I wasn't buying it. And the other thing is I didn't feel sorry for myself because I knew what the consequences were and I didn't want those consequences of debt. So this allowed me to not get into financial trouble, deciding ahead of time. And that's something I did before I even knew about this concept, but I just went through that pain and I didn't want to go through it. The other thing about deciding ahead of time is that it helps us manage distractions and it allows us to be focused. So when you make a decision ahead of time, you just know this is what I'm going to do. It could be deciding ahead of time of 
How do you want your work week to flow? When are the areas that are really important for you to do certain parts of your work? And you block out that time and you decide ahead of time to do that. And then so when people come to you, then you have to reinforce boundaries, right? That's another level of this work. But you have that time decided ahead of time. So I really love this concept of deciding ahead of time because it allows you to be focused. It allows you to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. What happens when people don't get the results that they want is because they're not making decisions. They're standing on the sidelines going, "Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, I need to have it all figured out, right? You need to have maybe a couple things figured out. When I'm saying decide ahead of time, those are very specific things, right? Coffee, where do I drink my coffee? I already know. I know the the coffee shops I eat at or drink at. <laughs> I know the the restaurants I go to. You know, I and I was talking to a client, I'm like, because sometimes clients will say, oh, but I need more choices in what I eat. And I go, really, is that true? Because when I go to my restaurant that I eat at, there's like three different dishes that I typically order. And, um, Within those dishes, they'll change the ingredients over the course of the year because they'll change their menu a bit. But those are the three dishes. And so I already know, and I've decided ahead of time, it's going to be one of those three. Or, And it makes it so much simpler. Another thing that we do as a family, and this is just the way it works on my family structure, one of my clients, it works the opposite. So, But in my family, Monday through Thursday, we eat at home. And so we will, I will have dinner made. Uh, sometimes my husband will come home and make dinner nowadays that I do most of the cooking for 20 some years. He did most of the cooking, but, um, and so we have dinner at home Monday through Thursday. That's rare for us to actually eat out on those nights. And then Friday nights we can either eat at home or we'll eat out Saturday nights. We may go out and then Sunday night we have family dinner. So we've decided ahead of time of what is our structure? And then it just makes it so much easier to go, oh, okay. Cause you know, when I can be indulging in, oh, I should just get takeout. I go, but we don't do that. This is what we do on Tuesday night. We make dinner, we eat food. And sometimes, and this hasn't happened in a long time, but I couldn't think of anything. So sometimes it was like scrambled eggs that we were eating for dinner. And sometimes figuring out how to decide ahead of time comes afterwards when you've been through just you've come out of something and you don't feel very good. So recently I had a client that was in New York speaking at a conference and um, she came back and she's like, I was so exhausted. You know, I had to sleep a lot to catch back up and I just really need to start taking care of myself. And so the dilemma was breakfast, right? Because well, speaking at a conference, when you're a speaker, sometimes things get provided. She also had meetings. And so it was like, oh, I don't need to have breakfast. I can just, they'll, they'll, they'll provide food for me. But when you decide ahead of time, because what she realized is that when she would show up, she didn't really get to be the leader of her life because it was all decided upon from somebody else. And these may not be the foods that really nourish her and fuel her for the work that she needs to do. And so she's decided ahead of time that she will make sure now she gets breakfast for herself because one out of maybe 10 or 12 meals at these events or at meetings really have nourishing fuel foods for her. And so she's made that decision ahead of time now to eliminate some of the drama and the aftermath of what occurred last week. So deciding ahead of time is a really, really powerful thing. And I just caution you again, I said this already, 
don't think you have to have the whole map played out, right? We were talking about a meal. I was talking about coffee. I was talking about how I handled my money. You don't have to have the whole plan because some of my clients will say, but I have to have it all figured out. I have to make the right decision. No, it's not about doing perfection because perfection is the birthplace of shame. So let's stay out of perfection. Instead, it's about making a decision and making it align with your values and your priorities. We can do this rather quickly. So when we go to the coffee, I made a deal with myself a long time ago that if I was going to eat things or drink things, it was going to taste good. So for me, I like coffees that are either espressos or pour overs, you know, just the high end stuff because it's tended to taste good. And so that's why I don't drink coffee from convenience stores or at swim meets, right? Um, And that's okay. And some people may judge it and think, oh, Corinne, you're a coffee snob. And I'll say, but I am. I just really like things that taste good. And I like foods that really nourish me. And I made those decisions ahead of time. And that allowed me some constraints. And so I know, again, where do I want to spend my energy and my brain juice? Deciding ahead of time is a really powerful tool for you. You can decide ahead of time of what it is that you're going to eat. Like I've had clients, you know, go to Super Bowl parties and had drama about, oh my gosh, because again, it feels like out of control because you're a guest and you don't know what's going to be there. And then what typically happens then is people go, oh, well, this is, we act like we're five. This is what it is. So I guess this is just what I have to do. And I get to binge for the day and just eat all this foods that doesn't nourish me. But when my clients have learned how to decide ahead of time of, okay, either I'm going to eat food, so I'm not going there famished and then just, you know, eating chips and, you know, whatever all day long, or I'm going to eat some stuff. And then when I go there, these will be the things that I will eat that will probably generally be there. And then it just reduces the brain juice. Like one one of the decisions I made a long time ago is maybe you love licorice and that's fantastic. I don't like licorice. And, but a lot of times, you know, be sitting there and I would eat it just because it was there. And so a long time ago, and I can't even remember how long ago this was, I decided I will not eat it because I don't like the way it tastes. I don't like how I feel afterwards. I don't eat it. So it's so funny. I was recently at an event and there was this whole tub of licorice and I wasn't even interested in eating it. And it wasn't white knuckling. I just, because I've long ago decided after many testing and many experiments that I don't like licorice and that's okay. And I definitely don't like black licorice. So deciding ahead of time, it can be used for money. It can be used for food. It can be used for how do we want to spend our week? And we make that decision. And then you go out and you execute it. And then you see, does this align with your values and your priorities, right? Does this help you get the results that you want? And you reflect on that from a compassionate observer. And what that means is why we want to be in this place of compassion is one is compassionate people have boundaries. And two is, is that when our brain is in a compassionate area, we reduce perceptual blindness. When we go into shame or fear, we then get, we get blind because our brain is saying, I need to stay alive right? And so we start to shut down because we go into perceptual blindness. But when we're in compassion, we actually can see a lot more. We're sitting there, we can reflect, we're not in, we're not in terror of, oh my God, you know, I'm going to make the wrong decision or it's going to dress rehearse tragedy. In all these examples I gave you, I no longer waste brain juice on 
what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? It's all eliminated, right? We make so many decisions for a day and do you sometimes just get tired? Like I actually sent an email last night and I just said, I can't make another decision. So I'm just asking you how this works for you and your family. It was a monster's issue, an uncle monster's issue, because my brain juice was depleted at that point. I'd made so many decisions. I used so much leadership energy that I didn't have it anymore. And that's the beauty of deciding ahead of time. You've already made the decision. It's done. And then you get to circle back and reflect and say, okay, did how did this work for me? You know, is this in line? It's kind of like when I used to eat licorice. I didn't decide ahead of time, but I would make a decision. I'd eat it. And then after it's a wouldn't feel good and it wasn't, didn't feel satisfactory and stuff. And so I was like, oh, why am I eating this? I don't even really like it. So when you decide ahead of time is you're making a hypothesis, then you go and collect data and then you draw a conclusion. And then here's the beautiful thing is you as the leader of your life, you get to decide ahead of time again, do you want to keep it or do you not want to keep it? Right. And so that's something that's really important is that One of the things that I talk a lot about both here on the show and with my clients is that you are the leader of your life. You, right? We've grown up where other people have granted us permission. Other people have told us how we're supposed to be. And there was a certain time in our life we needed that guidance. But if you're listening to the show, I'm assuming you're an adult unless you're a a child of somebody and you're listening in the background because your parents playing it. That happens a lot here. But So you are an adult, you are the leader of your life. And let's be the leader both personally and in our professional lives, right? And it doesn't mean that we puff up and we power over people, but it means that you get to be responsible for the decisions you make. And I could realize like some people make me going, oh crap, I don't want to be responsible, right? Because sometimes we're like, I want to be five. You know, my, my favorite saying is, I just want the white knight to come and rescue me. I say this often, but then I laugh because really, right? I want to be the leader of my life and I want to be empowered and I want to make sure that I'm able to get the things that I want to get in my life and not be beholden to somebody else. I mean, that. so we have this dichotomy that goes on inside of our brains. So you deciding ahead of time means you get to be the leader of your life. You giving yourself permission means you are the boss of you, right? And that's what's so important is that you become the leader of your life, decide ahead of time and make a decision. So what I want you to do is give yourself permission because it's not permanent. We can get into needing to make the right decision and that's a cloak for perfection. So it's not about being permanent, but give yourself permission to decide ahead of time. And remember, this is a compassionate practice and it also reminds you that yes, you're the leader of your life because we are always growing up and parents were giving us permission, teachers were giving us permission to go to the bathroom, right? But now as the leader of your life, you get to give yourself permission. So my question for you right now is, what permission do you need to practice deciding ahead of time? It could be, here's a couple of examples that you're more than welcome to steal. It could be the permission to make mistakes. Maybe you won't like it. That's okay. You're not going to know until you go do. It could be permission to say no to the other things, then deciding will make it clear, right? So that could be the permission, saying no to other stuff or to say no to people, which can be really hard for some people because those are boundaries. Then make a decision ahead of time. Know the length of the experiment, test it out. And at the end of the time period, 
you can circle back with yourself and reflect and evaluate and check in like, here was what I thought, this was my hypothesis, and here's what I lived. You know, do they align? Was there a gap? Why was that? Why was there not? You know, just really no judgment, no blame, but really pull it apart. Notice how taxing or not taxing on your brain juice deciding ahead of time. Now, again, when you first make the decision and you're first in the process, it's probably going to use a bit more brain juice. But over time, it doesn't make brain juice. Like think about it. If you and your girlfriend know that, hey, this is the coffee shop we always meet up at, then it's just a matter of scheduling the time because you're not saying, oh, should we go to the six different coffee shops? We've already decided this is our common place. Or if it's a restaurant, or if you go on walks with friends or whatever it, it may be, you know, this is our routine. And it's a beautiful thing because you don't have to spend all this time trying to figure out what it is, especially like in a new relationship where it can take more brain juice. So notice the taxing on your brain juice. And then notice that over time, when you've had that decision ahead of time and you practice it, how much brain juice does it take? The licorice doesn't take a whole lot of brain juice. It takes none actually. Notice the results that you've created for yourself. Are they really in line with what you want, what you thought it would be? So that my friend is what happens with deciding ahead of time. That is the process. I'm so excited for you to go out and practice it in your life because it does take practice. You know, we're taking this intellectual understanding and you're like, ooh, ooh, this sounds great. And then you've got to go practice and screw it up and get yourself back up and commit to practicing it some more because that is really how you learn to get the stuff in your bones. So I'm just so thrilled because I've had a fantastic week and I hope you had too. I had an amazing day where I had back-to-back calls with my Enough group and I just love these people. The Enoughers from 2017, we've been together almost a year. They're going to finish up next week. And it's been so rewarding to walk with them through this transformation because like you, they had all this intellectual understanding, right? They were listeners of the show. They knew that they had this, they struggled with I'm not enough, even though that they're successful and they're overachievers. And to see where they are today, where they can notice the gap of, you know, things that they want and where that they are and be able to reflect and get clarity and and have the awareness of where they want to go and, and have an awareness of their life and who they are and the stories that hold them back. Cause we all have stories, right? Just like I said to you earlier, I was like, well, you know, there are times that I want the white knight to come and rescue me. That's like my knee jerk story. And then I remind myself I'm not eight years old anymore and I can figure this out and I'm resourceful and there may be people I need to lean on absolutely or walk with me through this path because it's not about going it alone, but I don't need for somebody to rescue me because I want to be the leader of my life. So these people have been going through all this stuff and the beauty is, is like watching them and watching them transform. And I used to have such a difficult time with that word transformation because I had an old belief that transformation was happened like bippity boppity boop. It was overnight, right? You go and the transformation should happen, you know, instantly and definitely without any sweat or hard work. And what I know now, obviously, is that that was a very childish thing and, um, or, you know, old fairy tale belief, but really transformation happens over time. 
and the Enefers have transformed they, because they manage their mindset and they've really empowered themselves by practicing self-compassion to becoming the best version of themselves. And here's something I want to clarify with being the best version of yourself is that it's inside of you. It's inside of all of them. But what happens over time is we armor up, we disconnect because we're so afraid to be seen. We're so afraid that if you really know me, you may not like me and I won't be enough. And we're so afraid of that, that we wind up hiding within ourselves and we shut down. And so the beauty of this transformation and when they practice self-compassion and become the best versions of themselves, it's something that's already inside of them. That's the beautiful thing. It's not about becoming somebody different or faking it till you make it. They already have it within them. And it's just about removing all the stuff that gets in the way. So I know many people, I have my November group, and then I had another group that I was coaching today the from September. And I know many people want to get into the September group, but it's closed and they're just starting out. And so it's fun to watch, you know, a group that's finishing and where they are today and then be with the newbies and where they're practicing loving themselves. But it's like, really? Like, how will this help me? And they're practicing self-compassion and, you know, because they really want to cultivate belonging in their life and let go of perfection. And really, they want to get rid of this voice in the back of their head of, you're not enough. You know, who do you think you are? And why do they do all this? Because one of the things that's so important, I learned this actually from one of my clients many years ago, is that when you can become your own best friend, you can be the leader of your life, both personally and professionally. When you're your own best friend, it doesn't mean that you can go it alone and you don't need anybody, but when you can treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend with love and compassion and support and you're on her team, right? And you can treat yourself that like, okay, that what you did was not okay. And what do you need to do to circle back, right? That can make it and allowing yourself to make mistakes instead of saying, when I used to make mistakes decades ago, I was like, oh my God, I'm out. I mean, in the relationship, this is how I handled it. Like in my teens and 20s, I was like, I'm gone, I'm out, right? Because I messed up and I'm bad. And so therefore I need to run away. I was a really good runner and it takes so much courage to circle back. So the good news is, is that while these groups are closed and full, is that I'm going to be starting a new group in January, 2019. And if you have that voice of, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, thin enough, strong enough, whatever your not enough is, or I'm all, I'm too much, this group coaching program can be fantastic for you because we're going to remove those voices as you move towards your own worthiness and practice self-love and self-compassion, which are the antidotes to shame. So if this sounds like you, make sure you get on the wait list to be first notified when I open up applications for the January group. I'm going to be opening them up soon and going through the interview process. So there'll be a link in the show notes and make sure you get on there so you can get something out to you. All right. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.